Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host. And with me is a man that says when he wants to get mad at his wife and he wants to lash out, he heats up his food in the microwave uncovered. It's Dale. <laughs> and then go to bed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what's going on man hey bud i'm glad to be back recording again it's been a while it is well i guess they can't miss us we won't go away we're just like (laughs) we're just like cockroaches man we just keep coming back oh i thought you'd be curled up on the floor with your legs in there yeah yeah, that sounds like (laughs) sounds like fun to me oh how you been i'm good bud how are you i'm all right i think you think you're all right yeah i think so oh good we'll hope so anyway yeah we're gonna hope so (laughs) Yeah, took a little time off. I had to take a little vacation, get out of town, get out of Dodge, do something different, see something different. Well, I guess that was fun. Oh, yeah. It was good. Yeah, it's been our, our whole $20 bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if anybody wants to put some money in our crack house account, it would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, we appreciate it. Just go to the website and click on the donate button, and <laughs> it'll sure help out. Maybe I can go somewhere. Yeah, they'll take a vacation. I'll go to the trash dump or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You got any good shout-outs for us? Oh, we got a few, man. Uh, we'd like to first like to recognize a couple people who gave us a five-star Apple Podcast review. That was really cool. Bad Britt and Caitlin Brienne. Thank you, guys. I mean, they left some really cool uh, little comments there, and that's uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. Absolutely. And we'd like to say a little shout-out to Frigoff Barb, which is kind of funny, but it's a... Uh, on Instagram, she left some really cool comments today, and uh, we appreciate that. We really appreciate it. And anybody that wants to give us a rate and review, go on to Apple Podcast and click that five star button, leave a review, or any podcast platform you listen to. Yeah, Facebook recommendation. Oh, anything. Anything, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get it. We do. I mean, we really do appreciate it. We get lots of comments from you guys, you know, saying that you really, really dig the show. And man, that means a lot to us. So uh, we, we appreciate everything you do, really. Yep. And if your platform allows it, click that five star. Five? Yeah, five. All the way. A handful. <laughs> handful of stars. Tell your neighbor. Because we're a handful. You run into a, run into a stranger on the phone with a stranger on the phone. If you run into a stranger on the street with an iPhone, just grab your phone and click a five star for us. Yeah, they'll appreciate it. <laughs> and, and tell them about us, too. Yeah, yeah. put yep. a sticker on their phone. And you know, Dale, it's something that I've been pondering over, been wanting to do a little thing to help out our listeners you know maybe do a a voiceover thing you know yeah you know our little outro that we do you know want everyone to be safe be careful and all that good stuff you know yeah yeah we want to give our listeners an opportunity to do that for us oh that'd be cool yep so if you want to email us at crackhousechronicles at gmail.com and we will pick someone to do that for us. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. About, so they get to be on the show. Yeah, they get to be on the show, do the, the exit for us, and do that about once a month or so. Oh, that'd be cool. I dig it. Yeah, I think that'd be all right. What do you guys think? Yeah, let us know. Yeah. But, yeah, go ahead and uh, email us, and we'll pick one and do this about once a month or so. Yeah, I think we need to do some more interactive stuff, maybe a Facebook Live or a IG Live or something, and give away some stuff and yeah. just have some good some good times. Maybe get on TikTok and do something. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave our clothes on. We promise. <laughs> we are roach bugs. Yeah. Jeez. All right, bud. We are going to get in our episode. Let's do it because you know week. they're going to bitch because it's been more than two minutes on this preview. Yeah, they don't like that shit, do they? And we, we can just keep on talking. <laughs> well, at least there's one guy I don't like it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, 
He can just fast forward. Yeah, get, get the skip up button. Skip on. All right, we are. We've got a serial killer <laughs> this week that we're going to talk about, and he is from Virginia. Well, yep, and he is. He goes by the name of Charles Stannard Severance. He goes by that, or that's his name. That's his name. Okay, Charles Severance. Okay, and he was born Chuck. Yeah, and I think his family called him Charlie. But yeah, but Charles Severance was born on September the twenty fifth, nineteen sixty, in Fairfax County, Virginia. Okay. And there's not a whole lot about his early life. There ain't I mean, a whole lot about him. Period. No, it's just here and there. But and his he hadn't been covered a lot, so we wanted to we like these lesser known cases. So this is pretty good, and we we may be all over the place, but you know we have researched it, so we're going to give it the best we got. Well, you know, that's our that's our gimmick. We're always all over the place. We are all over the place. What the hell? This guy's picture makes it worth doing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to post pictures of this guy. But he is um, the son of a Navy admiral, two-star Navy admiral, by yeah, the way. Yeah. That's, a, that's a half a four-star. That's it, that's, man. That's all number. Two. A deuce. Deuce. A deuce. Ooh, deuce kiss. admiral. Give me a kiss on him. Yeah. But he comes from a pretty prominent family. And... Like I said, there's not a lot, whole lot about his younger days, but he did have at one time have a political career or an aspiring political career. Yeah. And at one point in his life, he ran for mayor of Alexandria in 1996. How'd that work out for him? Uh, it was a special election, and he was part of the Independent Party. Yes. And he he didn't win. But he did receive 490 votes. He was right up there, wasn't he? Yeah. He was second. Yeah. Uh, right above the the 184 write-ins. Yeah. Well, the winner had only 5,000, so it was yeah. close. The winner of that uh, race was Kerry Donnelly. He was the incumbent and a Democrat. And, and then he ran for the Virginia's 8th Congressional District election in 1996 as an independent. Right, and he lost that uh, race. Also, he he did get seven hundred and forty <laughs> votes. Well, there was two independents, so they had to split the vote. The other one only got five thousand two hundred, which was a little bit more respectable. But well, you know, the the winner was one hundred fifty two thousand. So, oh well. Yeah, it was a Democratic incumbent, uh, Jim Moran. But hell, like you said, at least there was seven hundred forty people that did vote for him. Seven hundred forty people liked him. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have 740 people that like me. Mm. Well, they had 303 for right in. <laughs> and, and then he ran for mayor again in 2000 of Alexandria. And uh, he lost that one again. Uh, it was a split independent party. He got 379 votes and lost. he lost to Democratic incumbent. Kerry, or Kerry Donnelly. Well, you know, we're running on a platform of putting country dancing in school <laughs> should put you right over the top. Yeah. What if it was line dancing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have no idea. Oh, my God. You guys are going to be pissed off at us because we're just giggling, giggle time. But now, on this campaign trail, uh, Dale, Charles Severance, he had a lot of unusual and erratic behavior. I mean, there was one point he appeared at a campaign event dressed entirely in black with a cloak and sunglasses. And during the campaign for mayor, the city manager and police chief assigned an undercover officer to follow him around and follow the, the Democratic candidate around. 
and the eventual mayor, Kerry Donnelly, and on several occasions during the campaigns, uh, Charles Severance, he got violent. And even in one instance, during a forum in 1996, he picked up an American flag and pointed the, I guess, the pole. The spiked in. Yeah. What do you call it? Finial? Yeah, the finial at uh, Representative Jim Moran <laughs> and before running out of the building. <laughs> and at another forum in 2000, Charles Severance punched one of the organizers. Well, I can see how he got a lot of votes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now the focus of his campaigns were on uh, juvenile mental health and psychotropic drug prescriptions. And during his runs for mayor, Charles Severance responded to nearly every question by translating to talk about these topics. And in a statement in 2000, he said that a plague of child and adolescent psychiatry threatened to overwhelm Alexandria. And he went on to say that terrorism, child exploitation, and adolescence abuse by children and adolescent psychiatrists who peddle dope for profit under the guise of academia and clinical practice must be eradicated. Right. Well, the thing is, the guy was really, really smart. He was. But he could have been on one of these prescriptions himself. Yeah. Because I think, you know, he was he was diagnosed with two or three different disorders, but he didn't want to take his meds because they made him feel weird. Mm-hmm. So. Now, he did graduate from the University of Virginia. Yeah. With a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. So he was a very smart yeah, and a fellow. mechanical engineer or something. Yeah. Like that, right? Something. Yeah. So he's a very smart dude. And, and the mechanical engineer, and there's not a lot of people graduate with that from Virginia. It's, it's just a very few that complete that. Right. So, I mean, he had, the, he had the intelligence to do that, but it didn't pan out too well for him. No. Because uh, he did have some psychiatric stuff going on. Right. That we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, maybe that's why he was trying to push it so hard in, in the mayor race. He knew people need help, but he didn't want it himself, I guess. Yep. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about his victims. He had three victims, but we're going to talk about them just a little bit later and cover each one of them. But now, when Severance was eventually caught, you know, there was, you know, they had a trial and everything. And his girlfriend at the time, her name was Linda Robra. And she gave a, a pretty detailed testimony on the stand. Hmm. She had testified in court that uh, when they were together, that Charles had a beard, but he kept it really groomed and neat. But looking at all the pictures we have <laughs> of him, he, he looks like the boogeyman. He's wild. Oh, yeah. He, he has a wild. Maybe somebody poured water on him like a, you know, a gremlin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Linda said that, you know, he kept it neat and he always groomed it while they lived together. And, but he never had a job. But he did pay her $400 in rent when they were living together. And he told her that he used the money from a, a house they had sold in Cumberland to pay for the rent. Hmm. And she even described that their relationship was romantic. And they had a pretty good social life. They often visited relatives and his parents and her family and two sisters and two friends. So, you know, they, they went out quite a bit. It was making the rounds. Yeah. She said that uh, he had spoke to her about being separated from his son from a previous relationship. And she testified that he told her that someone from the Alexandria Police Department came into his home through a window 
and removed his son from his home. Right. I guess a little sidebar, we should go into like, he met some lady dancing one night, right? And they, yeah. uh, they hit it off pretty well and was together for, a, I don't know, extended period of time, you know, eventually had a son and then some stuff went sideways and she left and took the kid, right? Yeah, so he's right. So this all goes back to that. Mm-hmm. I think having this uh, his son taken away from him, Hit him pretty hard. Right. Yeah, he, he didn't want to give up his, his son. No. And even he had some psychiatric stuff going on. I think this really pushed it over the edge for well, him. It pushed it up, and then it focused it on, like, uh, I don't want to say law enforcement, but administrative and that kind of stuff. Anything, anybody in authority. Yeah, authority figures. officials. He He's like, you know, they came and took my kid, so they're on the shit list. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much broad stroke, all of them. Yep. And she even told the court that Severance felt that these people were a threat to his family and that, you know, he was entitled to kill people. That's what you know, he had told her. And she said that he didn't like law enforcement and said he took a particular interest in shootings when watching the news. Hmm. And any time a police officer was shot, uh, he thought that was a good thing. So he just pissed off. He was a, yeah, yeah pissed off. An angry, angry man. He didn't like the legal system, and she'd even heard him talk about killing judges, cops, and their families. And that was once a phrase, of, you know, that he said that the only good cop is a dead cop. But I'll tell you, you know, we're just, we're just reporting all this about Charles Severance, but us here at the Crack House, we support our guys in blue. Yeah. 100%. That's right. Yep, exactly. Now, Linda, she kept two revolvers, Dale, and ammunition in her home. And that she had owned before Charles Severance moved in. And that she had showed him these guns. And Severance was angry because he couldn't buy guns. Hmm. Because he had had a, a conviction of having a, a concealed weapon without a permit. And he told her she needed a smaller gun because she had smaller hands. So he convinced her to get a twenty two caliber. Hmm. And he also helped her pick out the twenty two revolvers on the internet. I'm sure he did. But she ordered them over the <laughs> yeah. She ordered them over the phone, and she picked them up later. Picked them up later in Winchester, Virginia. Oh wow! So basically, he just suckered her into buying him, buying him a gun. Exactly. Sound like to me. Yep. Now Linda, she bought two guns on two different dates, and she kept one in a desk drawer there at her house, and another one in a uh, in the bedroom. And she acknowledged that Charles knew where the guns were and where she kept the ammo. And he also showed her how to use the guns and how to, to load the, the twenty two caliber revolver. There was one time, Dale, Linda told the court that she saw Charles cleaning a gun and asked him, I thought you only have to clean the gun unless it's been fired. Right. Yes. Um, red flag. Yeah, big red flag. <laughs> but now she did discover that one of the twenty two caliber revolvers was missing. And when two detectives came to the house, two days later after he had left on, in March of 2014. Now, Linda did testify that she had a normal, stable relationship with Charles and did not take any of his statements seriously you know, about people being shot or anything like that. And she confirmed that she told a detective that Charles was a sweet guy and helped around the house, and she wasn't afraid of him. So, you know, I don't know how their relationship was, but evidently she wasn't... She wasn't worried about it. No, uh-uh. I guess she ain't a judge. I guess. <laughs> and Linda had also testified, too, that uh, she had learned about a board game that uh, Charles created called Mental Disorder. 
Yeah, and she said, I realized he wasn't a normal person and that I didn't feel safe. And a former girlfriend also testified about playing the board game that he created about the history of psychology and psychiatry. He was, he had some mental stuff going on. Yeah. But I think this was all stemming from him losing his son and he was getting pretty angry and irate. We're going to get into talking about his victims, Dale. Okay. And the first one is way before all this, right? Yeah. In December of 2003, Chris Dunning was supposed to meet his mother, Nancy, for lunch. and But she didn't make it that day. No. She was... She was supposed to be going to Target, right? And then yes. meet, him, meet him after that for lunch. Exactly. But she was gunned down in their home in Alexandria, Virginia. And she never arrived and didn't answer her phone. Right. It's like... Uh, he was wondering where she was, and uh, she knew she was going to Target, so he was just going to backtrack to her her steps, I guess. Yep. She'd say, and on his way to Target, he had to go by their house, and that's when he seen, uh, what, her car there? Yep. So he just stopped and went back to the house. Mm-hmm. And that's when he walked into the kitchen and seen mail scattered all over the floor and seen, and seen his, his mother's feet sticking out from around the corner. Yep. And, but Nancy was a pretty high-profile real estate agent oh yeah yeah this this little community of alexandria called del rey i mean she was even nicknamed the queen of del rey yeah fancy yeah she had uh boosted this little community and uh, was really big time real estate yep and she's married to the sheriff yep jim dunning sheriff of alexandria right yes which uh at the time of her murder uh went unsolved he was actually a Suspect mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, I thought it might even be a professional hit the way it was done. Mm-hmm. But it, it happened in the middle of the day. Yeah, right, right before lunch. Mm-hmm. In broad daylight. So he just uh, walks up to the house, knocks on the door, and guns her down. Yep, shot her three times. Once in the head, once in the shoulder, once in the, what, the arm. But mm-hmm. the shoulder one went went through her chest and through her lungs and ripped a major artery artery. artery. While the one in the head was just kind of scrambling the brain because they're using these twenty two, so it just kind of bounces around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so she she was dead pretty quick. Yep, but it was a pretty bad thing. And, and then he left. Yeah, didn't take nothing. Didn't do nothing. There was no robbery or anything. Yep, he just no forensic evidence. Nothing. Yep, but it went unsolved for many many years. Yeah, just because it's crazy is just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that they think that he killed her was to get back at the sheriff. Because on the paperwork of him losing his son, the sheriff's signature was on some of those papers. Oh, I'm sure. So this was him getting back. Right. Getting back at the man to for him losing his son. Yep. That's what this was all about. Yep. He was angry. He was pissed off. Flipped his switch. Yep. Now, we're going to talk about the second victim. His name was Ronald Kirby. And this guy was pretty doggone cold, Dale. He was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, just a little bit of background on Ronald Kirby. He was born in Adelaide, Australia. Oh, wow. Yep. And he was a, he had a bachelor's degree from the University of Adelaide in Australia. And he also had a, a doctor of philosophy and applied mathematics so he had a pretty wide range of knowledge and his job at the time he was the director of the department of transportation planning and metropolitan washington council of governments 
and his job was roads and bridges and transportation in Washington. Right, right. Greater yeah. Washington area. I think uh, he even designed the Woodrow Wilson Bridge there in Washington hmm. and came up with some plans and designs for the metro there in D.C., which is the, the subway. The subway, yeah. yeah. So this guy was pretty big, big time. But he lived in Arlington, Virginia as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. But now he died on November the 11th, 2013. And he was working at home that day. Yep. And there was a knock at the door. And a man came up. And he, uh, Ronald Kirby went to the door. And he was killed. Yep. Just opened the door and he started shooting. Yep. Said he was laying there, still had his glasses in his hand. Yeah. Yep. When that, he was found. That quick. Bad. I think his son come over and found him. Yeah, he did. So, uh, so what do you think this guy? What what would be the motive for this guy? I think he mad because he made a road that they took his no, kid off. Of. He was mad because of the the status he had in Arlington. Hmm. Because Charles, he had nothing like that. He he you know, he tried to be somebody, being a mayor and running for Congress and things like that. But he never achieved any kind of notoriety for anything right and he didn't like those people who who had that status hmm. living in arlington you know he was at one time living with his girlfriend paying 400 dollars a rent with him right all these other people living in these big mansions and stuff this this really elite neighborhood and he didn't have that right and this guy lived fairly close to the first lady right yeah Nancy but this Dunning. was like 10 years later right yeah 10 years later yeah so he killed the first lady and didn't didn't do anything for no. 10 years hmm. and they still had no clue about nothing no no clue starts back up okay yep i guess he just got more angrier as time went on he's mad he's pissed off bro yeah. now his uh third and final victim was ruth ann lodato and she was a mother of three and a music teacher and she was killed by Charles Severance on February the 6th in her home. 2014. Yep. The next year. Yep. And he had knocked on the door in broad daylight, just like he did with the other two. And she came to the door, and he shot her. Mm. There was another lady in the house, and he shot her in the arm, and she did survive her Right. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Ruth Ann's mother, who had uh, moved in with them, for, and uh, she had a caregiver. It was also there. So there was three people in the house this day mm-hmm. instead of just one like the other two murders. And then knocked on the door. She opened the door. He shot her. And then uh, the caregiver comes running downstairs, and he shot her too. Yeah. And then he fled. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think he just hit her in the arm. And then yeah. uh, later Ruth Ann did pass away, but uh, the caregiver lived. Yeah, and she was able to describe um, Charles Severance to the authorities. Yeah, and they and make a sketch, yeah. They did, yeah. and we've got the sketch. we got a photograph of the sketch, and we'll post it, but they've done a really good job right. of you know, getting close to what he looked like. Mm-hmm. And I guess when this sketch came out, I guess Charles got scared. He got nervous. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it came up and said they went to check, and they had a couple different suspects, and they went to one of the, their major suspects, and uh, talking to him, and he had a, an ironclad alibi, but he said, wait a minute, this picture looks like a guy I went to school with, and he gave him the name of Charles Severance. Mm-hmm. I can't remember this guy's name, but they gave him the name, and that's when they went to the uh, 
the last known address, which was the girlfriend's house, and left the card. Yeah. So we're back to where we were. But that's how they're pinning him down. And then I think nobody answered the door, so the detective left his card. And then the next morning, it, Charles emailed him and said he got the card. Yeah. But that's all he said. Yeah. But now um, he did get scared, and he went to the Russian embassy there in Washington, D.C., and he tried to seek asylum. So I guess he saw what it did for uh, Snowden. Edward Snowden? Yeah, so yeah. he thought it might work for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they just laughed him off there. God, wouldn't that be awful? Oh, help yeah. me, help me. They're just like, call the Capitol Police, come get this clown. <laughs> they did. They Yeah, we don't want him. Yeah, said that he went. He went and uh, parked his car, which was a bright red Ford Escort wagon in a parking area, and then rode his bicycle to the embassy. Yeah. Because uh, I think uh, somebody had seen the car fleeing from uh, run a stoplight or a stop sign. So they was able to track put, it down. Put some pieces together, yeah. Yeah. Now, after Lodato's killing, tips led police to Charles Severance, and he was arrested at a public library in Wheeling, West Virginia, where he had traveled with his then-girlfriend and kicked him out of her Ashburn home and on a gun charge out of Loudoun County. Yeah, I think uh, he had a credit card alert went off in Wheeling, and that's yeah. what tracked him down. Yeah, exactly. So I assume he was probably in there using the Internet in probably. the library. Yeah. Probably. But he, you know, he was arrested and eventually went to trial, and I think the trial lasted for about six months. But Charles Severance was found guilty of all three murders and was sentenced to life in prison plus 48 years. Mm. And this was this happened on January the 20th, 2016. So it hadn't been too long ago. No, fairly, fairly new case. Yeah, fairly, fairly new. And I just, I hadn't heard of this case until recently. But it's very, very interesting. Yeah, he's... he's- Quite the character. Yep. So he did not plead insanity for anything, even though I think, you know, if he would have tried. Yeah, I don't know a lot about his, his early life, you know, but, you know, we did find out, you know, that he was once on some meds for his his uh, condition and he just didn't like them. So he didn't like the way he made him feel. So he just come off of them. And it seemed like that was the end of anything they anybody tried to do for him. Mm-hmm. So this is another one of those kind of things where maybe if somebody would have tried a little bit, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they would I mean, you know, I don't know. Because the dude was like super, super smart. Yep. Which kind of runs in the, really into that lot, don't we? Yeah. But this guy, you know, he wasn't out for, you know, killing for sex or robbery or yeah. anything. He was just killing to be angry. He's just mad because he took his, you know, his kid. And yeah. He uh, focused all that anger on authority. Yeah. And, you know, and, that kind of stuff. And he didn't like those people living that lifestyle that he wanted. Right. And he picked those people out. That's that's pretty much Charles Severance. Uh, there's a lot more on him. There's a book written about him that you can check out. The former civil attorney there in Alexandria, Virginia, he wrote a book about Charles Severance, and the name of the book is The Parable of the Knocker, and it's a true crime story of prosecutors' fight to bring a serial killer to justice. And this is uh, Brian Porter that wrote this book, so, you know, check it out. It's available on Amazon or, you know, or Audible or anywhere like that. Right. Yeah, you know, we did leave out a little thing, you know, when they found him in his car and stuff, he had like, what, a... 25,000 word 
uh, manifesto that he had yeah. written and and some stuff like that. So you know, he was like a Unabomber kind of. Yeah, just random thoughts. Yep. Yeah, like I said, he he did have a lot of writings in his his uh, card they found. And what was that one they found? The writing was it was titled it was called Knock Talk Enter Kill Exit. Yeah. So yeah, pretty wild. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was out there, man. Yeah. But you know, the prosecutors during the case they did allege that he did go out for for hatred for the elites. Hmm. Yeah. And the general wealthy city of Alexandria. That was that was pretty much his target. Right. Yeah, and you know, they didn't really you know, he didn't leave no evidence. So really if he would have killed a caregiver that second third murder, they would never know who it was. No, he'd still been out today. Yeah. Because it's so random. Knock, yeah. knock, knock, you're dead. Yep. You just kill him before answering the door. Yep. Walk up to the house in the middle of the day. Yeah. And there's these these wealthy neighborhoods, and you're not expecting any. The low, the crime rate there is probably pretty low. Oh, very low, I'd say. Yep. But that's, that is uh, Charles Severance, serial killer from Alexandria, Virginia, Dale. Well, he's done. Yep, he is in prison. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are going to get out of here. Let's do it. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The, the Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. Chronicles. Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at whycampidaho.org.